Well, here we go, yeah. Mario. Our first ever podcast. Yeah, Darren. It's actually happening. It's actually happening. Dude, do you remember actually, was it oh, last summer? Didn't we actually think about doing these podcasts? But then it kind of just went out the window, didn't it? Like nothing really happened. But then yeah, there we go. We just we um, had a bit of a conversation a few weeks ago, uh, a few days ago. And there we go. Our first ever podcast. Not even uh, just two days ago. It wasn't a few days ago. <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind. Time is time flies for me. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we better we better tell people who we are. They'll be like two random strangers speaking into the internet. Yes, that's a very good point. So I'll start. Yeah. yeah. So hi guys. My name is Anthony Darren Premkumar, and um, I'm a second year seminarian studying here at the UK. Uh, for those of you that are in the UK, I am based, um, my where, the place where I am studying and I'm forming to become a priest is in Birmingham. And Mario, would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, yes. Yeah. My name is Mario Stalin Willebrein and I go by Mario and I am not a seminarian. I am <laughs> a regular human being. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, uh, I'm a software engineer by profession and I'm based out of Hamburg, Germany. Prior to this, I was in India and that's why you hear this Indian accent of mine. Uh, not as the stereotypical one, I'd like to say, but yeah, like his posh British accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh but to be fair mario like i saw i was reflecting back and we've known each other for almost a year and a half now isn't it and it's it's quite amazing how yeah. um how far god has taken us and um if i was to actually tell you guys how me and mario met we met at a uh, uh an evangelization course uh that was hosted by um a missionary preacher called brother jude and it was a two-week evangelization course where we learned basically how to evangelize and um, how to reach out to people and try and bring them closer to God. And um, yeah, I just remember, you know, I was actually one of those last minute applicants, but Mario obviously applied a lot earlier. And um, yeah, we both met in the at Ramsgate at the same on, on the day at the beginning of the course. And yeah, yeah. the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> history of just a year and a half. And that's the funny part that I was like, like, I, th- I think, I mean, uh, to all of you, like, this is the second time we're trying to record this intro, so it's fine. <laughs> we were just talking about this a while back. I mean, like, oh, it was my fault. The guy who was supposed to know about tech didn't press the record button. But yeah, what we That's were funny. talking about was the fact that, like, I mean, I've just known Darren for, like, a year and a half, but it uh, at the time when I met him, it was just hardly a couple of days, but then there was something uh, about, uh, I think, the occasion, about the the like i think what you meet on under like i think like i mean dine dine which was dine divine institute of new New evangelizations uh was like an amazing point wherein we all came together not knowing what it meant but we all just knew that anyone who's interested in living a life where they'd like to dedicate their lives to god i mean which is of course actually what all of us are called to exactly it was like put under this thing so i mean like at that time uh like uh, we, we will all get into our testimonies as as we go on but then I think for me at least it was uh, a, a new thing wherein I was like okay I've been a Catholic all my life and then all of a sudden there's this concept of evangelization living my life for God etc and we come in over here and there's this love for Christ with which 
we meet and i think that's what made the friendships that we developed there very special and even though uh, i know darren for only a year and a half now and then just a couple of days it already felt like i knew him for like ages he was like a little brother <laughs> and i mean many people mistook him for me oh gosh uh, i know he wasn't that popular <laughs> at that time i mean <laughs> remember that that final thing wherein we had that Uh, time where we had to sit around and speak about one uh, something about the other person, and then I think it was Elizabeth from Indonesia, and she was looking at you, and she called you Mario. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> the amount of time I think that that wasn't the only time it happened so many times, and that was the funny thing. And to be fair, I can see where they are coming from. We do look similar. I mean, not apart from the fact that we're both Asian. I think I think we both just. <laughs> Yeah, we just we both just I think speak similar. Apart from the accent, I think we both have What, that same similar, okay. have that similar yeah. energy. I think I think that's the word that same kind of energy. I think we both yeah are oozing with energy. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like both of us had our beards and whatnot. Exactly, we look quite exactly. But yeah, yeah. just I think Dime was a massive part of our lives. I, I would say, wasn't it? And not only from yeah. a relationship perspective, where we got to know each other and we and we formed really good relationships with each other, but with each other, but also from a perspective of our faith, I think it really did deepen our faiths. Faiths, is that how you say it? Faith. <laughs> faiths. Faith. Okay, faith. Yeah, <laughs> it really did deepen our faith. It's nice to school the English. Oh gosh, yeah, but yeah, it deepened our faith. There we go. And if, like you said as well, very much it deepened our love for Christ as well. And the great thing about dying was, like, seeing it was two weeks, right? And um, the great thing about it was how we were all growing together. And I think there was a there was an element of family. I think in that those two weeks, that two week course where we saw ups and downs, but at the, we got at the we got to the end, and we could like sort of just look at each other and say. You know, I'm so thankful to God that I was able to do this with you, and yeah, I'm so thankful to God that to I, that I met Mario, and it was just, and then was that same year we went, we met each other again in Germany, didn't we? And that was that was a yeah, that yeah, was a yeah. very good trip. I spent my was it my twentieth or twenty first? Oh gosh, was it my twenty first? Yeah, it was my twenty first birthday. Yeah, and then I spent it in Germany, and yeah, it was it was an amazing and it was an amazing day, amazing time, and. There we go, our relationship continues. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can. Yeah, I think like Dine. Yeah, like sorry, like I was just like saying, like Dine is mostly like though it was for that two weeks, it felt like it's it's a long time because of the number of things we did. Yeah. There. I remember in a long while that I actually didn't sleep much because you know we'd go through we'd wake up like when uh, I think six or seven or something. Six. I, used to have that I precisely like, remember it was six in the morning. <laughs> six in the morning fish yeah. yeah you had to go get ready and then you had that morning exercise routine and then after that we got back and there was the these we had prayer time for about half an hour to 45 minutes and then we had the sessions go on and we'd end in the evening about seven with mass and then after that it was slightly a little bit of free time but that's when you know the mentors used to speak yeah. to us and all yeah. of that and post all of that we still used to sit back and then talk I remember we used to stand by that uh, that booth, the phone booth, right? Ah. Where uh, Carol and all usually sit, and then we, we used to sit and talk for a while, and that's how we got to know uh, each other more. 
Yeah. And just sitting there and then we'd get like hardly how many hours, four or five hours of sleep, but then we'd wake up next day morning fresh. That was something interesting. Yeah. I think like for, for me, yeah, the, the, the thing that struck me was that dine d- didn't end with two weeks. That's what I'm trying to say. Like I felt that it's like a continuation mm. because like what's been happening after that, that every small little step, everything that we learned over there as we were like inculcating it in our lives and like trying to put stuff into practice, it's led us to where we are and it's like a constant process. And I guess that's that's what dine was. It wasn't two weeks because it's it's still going on. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's the thing, isn't it? Because evangelization, you know, doesn't stop. It's meant to carry on with our lives, and you know, we are all called evangelists, like you said earlier. And what Dine did for us, I think, was probably provide the tools that we needed to um to go and evangelize. And I think that's the most important part of it is knowing what you need to evangelize. And um, one thing that I realized you know reflecting back now the most important thing that i needed was sort of that um, an element of um friendship i think that was very important when it come came to evangelization because i remember there were days when you know we would go out to the streets of ramsgate at like at like in the evenings and we would go and just try and speak to people and um you know talk to them about the faith and not just that, not just the faith but just sort of connect to their lives and Sometimes I remember there were times where we would come back and feeling exhausted, feeling nervous, you know, about the next day. But it was in these times when we actually really needed the support of each other. And I think that was um that was tremendously helpful. And, you know, that friendships that we all formed definitely gave a sense of courage. And um yeah, I think at the end we all felt quite, you know, strengthened. And, you know, evangelization is not an easy thing. It can, we can easily at times feel scared or nervous to do it. But at the end of that course, I think a lot, all of us felt much more encouraged and much more um, determined to keep going, to keep evangelizing. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. I see that now, actually. You know, I remember when, we, when I came to Germany, we did some evangeliz- evangelization, didn't we, in um, the town of Hamburg. And um, it was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, I think, like, I mean... Like for you, it was like how how to evangelize. I think for me, I was also struggling with the question of why evangelize because it's mostly like yeah. having grown, been brought up a cradle Catholic, and I mean uh, like also digressing a little bit into back into the story of Dine, a little bit about how I like Divine Retreat Center is where Dine happened, mm. and Divine Retreat Center is extremely famous. It's the largest retreat center in the world, and. Uh, guess what they're based out of India and I grew up most of my life in India never having visited the place but there was like a a center called Logos a smaller one in Bangalore where I come from where they actually had a center there but then the one in Porter is how people hear about the Vendor Treat Center but lo and behold here I come here and I'm visiting Germany and I'm I'm sort of living in Germany and then I visit the UK (laughs) (laughs) and that's my first encounter with the Vendor Treat Center so yeah like in terms of like knowing why to evangelize I think the the gospel clearly tells us go and spread the good news to everyone around and i think for me the larger question of like why evangelize in the first place was one of the major things mm. that got answered for me of course along with that how to evangelize was was another major thing because i mean growing up a cradle catholic it meant that i'd go to church on sundays yeah 
you know we had uh, the sacraments uh, uh, i was administered all the sacraments i mean obviously baptism confirmation communion i was in also the best catechism student at that time <laughs> and all of that stuff happened a star student <laughs> but yeah i was like <laughs> i mean i still remember like the the catechist had given me a parker pen for being the best student then so we had like confirmation and communion together right and, yeah uh, like all of that happened i knew my prayers and all of that but when it came to talking about my faith, I always thought about faith as being like a personal matter or mm. something that was oh yeah you have your faith I have my faith yeah. and uh, that was the way I looked at it I mean like I'll go deeper into this like as we speak maybe we can do a separate episode on each of our uh, you know transformation perhaps yeah. but I guess like I think the major thing was like okay I'm doing my due of going to the church I help the poor out you know we used to also help out in uh, like an old age home once in a while I do all of those things I was like okay yeah I, i do my parts for god and then i live my life that that was mm. the kind of nature i had but like although i went for retreats and, and all of that and just trying to understand the love of god more and more as like why like i mean the whole story of me coming to germany was god trying to do, trying to put that or drill that into my head and uh, dine was where that epitome of that thing took me yeah. so i was like oh okay finally let me take that leap and say i will actually live my life for god mm. which meant i'll put you first god and i remember very profoundly uh, do you remember that uh, that i forget the, the the name of that thing but the folks from poland came and they made us go and do that thing right where you had those crowns that we had on our heads yeah i, I remember, remember that very distinctly yeah yeah at church in the chapel we all went down we took the crowns we kept it at the altar and we said lord i'm asking you to be the king of my life yeah, i think I remember that. that particular yeah. piece like really really resonated with me because i was like okay i'm letting go of control of my life i'm no more the ruler of my life and yeah. i think yeah that's that's pretty much a very like one of the many things that happened but yeah as you suggested i think the the concept of like having those people come together the friendships we developed we still talk to almost everybody who came to dine yeah whenever we are like struggling people you do reach out we have our own means of communication like via whatsapp or what not we talk about difficulties we are exactly. facing we are yeah. able to be vulnerable with each other and i think all of that stems from that beauty of the friendship that was rooted in christ mm. and i think that's how i define uh, why dine friendships seem so deep and yeah. why is it that uh, you know uh, i still feel a strong sense of uh, belonging a strong sense of closeness attachment to the people of dine because yeah. we rooted our friendships in christ and i think yeah, yeah. That, that that pretty much was was the major deal for me with the friendships there yeah definitely and yeah you know it was nice to hear your side of it you know how you the state of life or the where you were in life coming in to um to dine and the great thing about dine was that everyone i would say were in different parts of life you know they're coming in different um other stages of their faith like you said you had the question of why evangelize you know and for me i came in uh actually knowing that i needed to evangelize but more for me it was yeah you question... were a seminarian when you came actually no i was about <laughs> to become a seminarian so i was um Oh, so oh yeah. It was in yeah. August and I was going to become a seminarian in September. So Correct. Yeah. So for me I had this I had this like a um, feeling of conviction inside that I needed to do more that um like you said, you know, I was I was at one point thinking that faith was something you just sort of keep to yourself 
and like you said you have your own faith i have my own faith but um you know for a while i had this sort of conviction in me that i have to do a lot more than just you know keeping my faith to myself like um, i felt this calling that i was to share the faith share christ share that love that christ has for us to people around us and then so for me i was coming to dine searching for two things really just that courage to do it because you know um even now sometimes i still get nervous trying to speak about my faith and i think i will openly admit that sometimes it is quite nerve-wracking trying to speak about jesus to someone just because you don't know how they're going to react you think they're going to burst in <laughs> in burst into anger or start shouting at you you just don't know how people are going to react so you know so for me it was a sense of trying to get that courage to not uh not be fearful of how people are going to react but do what you were called to do and you know allow you know god to do the rest and for me i think that was the biggest lesson in dying that it's not so much about my efforts and it's not so it's not so much about you know what um i'm going to do but it's more about allowing what god wants to do with you you know and um yeah it's like yeah. you said I like you know, just want to add like one thing there yeah sorry go on. yeah so it's just like what you said about the crown and you know sort of like you're not taking control of your own life but just allow god to take control over your life and allow god to um you know use you how he wants to use you you know yeah 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 i think like one thing that just struck me and i'm like was like just pondering over it like the question of like how would people react when you go and bring the message of the gospel to them and i think the kind of answer like that i have to it right now is is much more different than when i used to think about it then it was like uh okay i'm going and talking to god talking to people about jesus and i'm like i want them to hear the message of the gospel i want them to be transformed by the message of the gospel but why am i doing it the why came about when i realized that i need i'm called to love them and i think mm-hmm. if i do not have that profound love for somebody else i wouldn't be able to take the gospel to them because um i want them to be saved at the end of the day and i think that is what i think the mind of an evangelist is because the 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 thing that actually drives you to want to go and talk about christ to another human being should be because you love them and not because it's going to give you some brownie points or some grace points in heaven which is not the case yeah right so i think that that's the part that actually like clicked in me because like i used to hear about these preachers and everybody going and spreading the gospel and all of that i was like oh wow they they're just getting these brownie points checked up in heaven and uh, <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> the the, re- the reality of it because when i started hearing more and more about why do people do what they do it was uh, it was just because i love them because like i had to put that into perspective in terms of uh let's face it it's not difficult it's it's very difficult to love a random human being that you see on the exactly that's true right i mean like if you see somebody walking by on the road you can you just look at them and say you love them and i will go and speak to them <laughs> oh, gosh. like i mean even if you see somebody fallen on the i mean for like some somebody who needs help it's it's difficult it takes a lot of you to actually be able to get up and go and do something about it because we are so preoccupied but then the moment you were to put that in in put somebody else whom you know dearly like your brother or your sister or your mother your father your aunt your uncle and if they were following down over there what you do is you'd go run and you do what you can to exactly change that right like for me i love my sister a lot and uh, if i find that she's uh, she's having uh, she's having a lack of faith for example i would want to go and present to her the mm. gospel because that's such a beautiful gift that i have and i want to see her 
see uh, the fullness of Christ in our life mm. because that's the ultimate thing i think the truth is presented to us i mean we 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 we've heard about the kerygma so often right yeah so like we were asked to to memorize the kerygma <laughs> I mean, of course we knew the kerygma but like to kind of understand how to present it like jesus like man god created man correct me if i'm wrong anywhere here darren like god created man and man sinned and yeah. uh, through that sin we there was a layer of separation between god and man yeah. and then jesus christ came on the earth died for our sins and he uh, reestablished that connection for us with god yeah uh, well that's done. like the eighth star student this is death <laughs> yeah but the going to be happy <laughs> so yeah <laughs> we uh, basically like i mean that's the whole beauty of christ's uh, death and resurrection on the cross the fact that we can reestablish our connection with with god and that's why he died for us and i think that's what all of us humans are called to live by eventually yeah. and i think uh, presenting that to your loved ones when you can think about think about one person in your life that you love a lot and if you find them being far away from Christ and you understand the this this beauty of the faith you understand why Jesus came into the earth exactly. you understand kerygma and you want to be you would want the way with which you would go and approach that person and how hard you would persist and try yeah. to make sure that they too can see the light right mm. is actually what each of us should do for every single person that we see exactly yeah and i think that that's that's the beauty of evangelization yeah and that's the thing is that because the cross it's um it's a, uh, the way i sometimes see the cross it's like a language in itself of um of love and um of redemption and um just a few hours ago um we were both listening to a priest weren't we who spoke about the cross and he was saying yeah. you know sometimes people won't understand you won't understand won't understand your faith but this priest was was telling us that there was one time this lady uh, when he was out on mission and um she you know she didn't really understand them she didn't really understand the whole purpose of you know of love she didn't understand how you could love someone but then when the priest um showed that lady the cross you know that lady said to the priest oh but i un- i understand that i know what that means and in that cross she was able to find that you know just looking at a wooden cross on the wall that lady was able to realize that there was so much love in what jesus did and that's the that's what i think a lot of people are missing out on today is um they don't know or they just haven't been told that you know christ Christ's love was shown on the cross and you know in times of difficulty in times when we feel like we are lacking love you know the passion the death of our savior is a reminder that you know the world may be inconsistent in their love for you but his love the love of Christ is unchanging and it's it's always going to remain the same and that's you know that the main part of the charisma you know being able being able to tell people that you know there is love out there there is hope out there for you and you don't need to you know be in a specific state of life to be able to receive this love this love is unconditional and it's it's for everyone jesus died for humanity not just for specific kinds of people and that's the biggest message that i think that we need to really you know be able to put out there as evangelists you know yeah 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 definitely yeah i think i mean like understanding the magnanimity of uh, i think that's a word hope so uh, <laughs> of why uh, jesus's death on the cross is, is such a big deal i think the que- one of the questions i def- wrestled with when i was much younger was like i mean 
Jesus died on the cross. I mean, what's the big deal? Like, I think that was the question that that I was like wrestling with a lot because I'm like, it wasn't that Jesus was the only person who died on the cross. There were a lot of people who died on the cross itself. I mm. mean, uh, dying, being put to death on the cross was uh, one of the most humiliating forms of uh, uh, punishment in the Roman mm. era, right? And yeah. uh, we have heard about a lot of martyrs, etc. And I was like, why are we making such a big deal out of this? Okay, he died on the cross and he rose from the dead. And I think the answer was when I realized God, Jesus was God, which was kind of funny, given the fact that I'm a Catholic, I should have known that, shouldn't I? <laughs> I mean, we do pray the sign of the cross in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And we do that. We've heard about the Trinity, but then internalizing the idea of the fact that Jesus is God, right? Jesus, when he came here on earth, was 100% man and 100% God. And he, in all his glory of being God, decided to still die on the cross for our sins. Because, I mean, the whole idea was that, I mean, the devil has no way of getting hold of us now that Jesus mm. has done this ultimate sacrifice. No matter how many other humans would have died, it wouldn't have been as profound as God himself becoming man and dying on the cross. I mean, he could have died any other way, but he chose the cross, which exactly. is one of the most humiliating ways to die. Yeah. He went through all that torture, all that pain, and uh, he died. He died and he died and he just didn't stop there. He conquered death through his resurrection. Exactly. I think that's the beauty of, 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 yeah. the, of his death on the cross. Like when that entire concept of like, oh, wow, God the one who created all of us. Yeah. It's just not this mystical being that we speak of. The person that exactly. created all of humanity, all of this, everything that we see here, the very fact that our brains, our organs, the way we behave, like this this, this, this creator of something that we would never understand, right? Exactly. Is here and he came here and he died for us. Like, what are we compared to the millions and, like what millions, I'm talking billions and trillions of humans who passed by this earth. Right? Exactly. And uh, we are like a speck. I mean, and he's like, I want to make sure that Satan has no hold over you. And I know that the ultimate sacrifice for that is when I come down and die. And that's what God did. He exactly. came down. He knew that him coming down yeah. and dying for us was the only way that we could attain salvation. Exactly. But yeah, that was the, that when that, that Eureka moment or whatever that yeah. was, when it struck me, I was like, Huh. Now it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't it? It's, you know, when we talk about the crucifixion, everyone knows you know, the, the common reason that, you know, among Christians into why Jesus died on the cross was to forgive sins. And um, of course, that's correct. Jesus died on the cross to forgive sins. But it just goes a lot more deeper than that, doesn't it? You know, um, yeah. If you look at if you look at every angle of the passion, you know, from the age in which Jesus died, he died at an age where you know, early 30s, he died at an age where a man had everything. That's a, at that, you know, when you're in your early 30s, you know, that's the time you get married, you would have a, a job, you have, um, you'd have children, perhaps, you know, you, you know, you have your own family. And you, at the age of 30, isn't that the age where, you know, you are much more secure, you know, but, you know, at the age of 30, you know, when Jesus could have had everything, at that very age, he decided to let go of everything for humanity by let, yeah. by giving his life away. And I, I think that's the most powerful thing, you know, and that is shell itself shows that, you know, for Jesus, nothing, nothing can get in the way between him and us. For him, Jesus, he wants us completely. And that's, that's what he wants the most. He wants a relationship with us. And he's happy to let go of what, 
he can receive at a young age of the age of 30 to free us from sin and to show his love for us and um, one time I remember a priest saying that you know um, I'm sure that if Jesus had a choice to die again he would do it definitely again because he knows if that's what it takes for someone to come to me then I will do it and that that itself was so powerful and you know for me uh, I know we'll speak about testimonies later on but um, for me you know I was born a Catholic and um, I knew that it was a fact that Jesus died on the cross you know it was ingrained in me since I was a child but you know the more I when I decided to, when I decided to start taking my faith seriously it was in fact it was the fact that Jesus loves me so much that he was willing to die for me I think that was the point when I actually managed to finally understand that that was where the conversion that inner conversion took place and I would sometimes think that you know if Jesus has died an ordinary death you know if he just grew old and died you know would that have the same impact as um, him dying on the cross and the answer is no you know him dying on the cross is there's a much bigger much heavier impact in that purely because like I said he died at an age where man can gain everything. You know, he died at an age where man could have everything, but he let he let go of everything. He let go of his life on earth for uh, a relationship with all of us, and that was definitely you know that transforming moment in my life. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, like I think like that that age factor was not something that I actually paid a lot of attention to. But as you're talking about it, I was just thinking through like if he died at a young age. Uh, it's a different thing I mean like but when you die 30s is your prime you've pretty much seen uh, like you're starting a large part of your life like you're saying like you you've gone through that ages of adolescence of innocence and everything and you're coming to this mature state of your life wherein you're actually looking you've seen a large part of portion of life and anybody Mm. can relate to somebody at the age of 30 and uh, the experiences of somebody in their 20s or below is not the same as somebody in their 30s and uh, like he lived a full man's life in a way in that sense and then he still chose not to wait till the very end and he took his life at that at that point from where he could have had his prime and i yeah. think that's that's the beauty like like you were saying that makes a lot of sense and come to think of it like he spent 3 years of public ministry right yeah. Three years of public ministry. Exactly. It was only three <laughs> years, but he did a lot in those three years, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Three years and wow. What a what no other person has had such a huge impact on this world as as much as Jesus has had. Yeah. Great. Well. Amazing. That's, that's crazy. Great. Well um I guess that concludes our session for today then, Mario. And uh, you know, Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, people would not want to listen to more than this. <laughs> we still don't know what the right length for the podcast is. Neither so, do yeah, I. Like, we'll, we'll, we're just going to be yeah, praying about it and then see what God tells us to speak about. And exactly. We actually have, like you saw today's natural conclusion, we, we'd end it then, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> so if you guys think we have a script, we actually don't. This is all kind of just like on the dot on the point on the spot you know sort of just just speak what the holy spirit leads us into speaking about and um there we go well i mean i guess it's it's good to you know if you started off with a prayer end with a prayer so um mario yeah yeah i mean should i lead I should i um uh end with a prayer then for 
us and um, yeah, 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 for you all that are listening in. Yeah, let's call the seminarian. <laughs> the seminarian prayer, <laughs> prayer play. Okay, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that you have given us to speak about our lives, speak about the journey of life and the kind of life that you have taken us through, Lord. Lord Jesus, as we have contemplated and thought about how you have taken us through life, we would just like to thank you in this moment. We'd like to thank you for taking us wherever we were at one time in our lives to where we are now. Your mercy and compassion, Heavenly Father, is truly great. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this podcast. And we offer this podcast to you, Lord. May it, you know, bear fruit, Heavenly Father. And we just ask, Lord, that that through these podcasts, you touch the hearts of the listeners, that they may hopefully, you know, learn something from these podcasts and may help them in their journeys of life. And it does, we don't want, we are not, we are not worried about Lord Jesus, how many people listen. We just want people to get something useful, something helpful from these podcasts. And that's the most important thing, Lord. In your name, we say, Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah, this is usually when uh, every podcast signs off by saying, yeah, you can follow us on and you can write to us at yeah. uh, we don't have any of that yet <laughs> bear with <laughs> us bear with us nothing of that such. we're like we're like podcast rookies at this moment so <laughs> bear with us um, things will start hitting off later on I guess true I don't even think we're gonna edit this later on and add like a follow us on or whatever let's see like we'll probably add that later as we get to know we don't yeah. even have a name did we finally figure out a name for the podcast no, to be fair, I was thinking of names last <laughs> night, but um, yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to put out a cheesy name. I don't know. I guess maybe we could get we could get one for next week. Maybe next week we will be able to have a name for these podcasts. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, so this is going to be called the unnamed podcast, the unnamed episode, the, unnamed. the first episode of the unnamed podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, well, there we go. A quick insert here. We actually have a name right now and we go by the Catholic Walk. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening in. And uh, well, thank you, Mario, for, um, for this lovely conversation. And until next time, peace. Yeah, thank you, Darren, as well. And uh, see you all until next time. Bye.